What's up, guys? This is Sean. And my boy here. What's up, Justin? What's going on, guys? Walking to episode two at Normally Normal. What's up, man? How you been? Been all right, man. I can't, I can't really complain about anything. I'm still here, so. That's right, man. Oh, fuck. What a world we live in, man. Good thing about 2020 and starting a random-ass podcast with your boy. This is the year where there is never nothing to talk about. But we have everything to talk about. Dude, we do. Start it off, man. What do you want what do you want to start this one off with? It's fucking nuts. Hell, how do you pick, man? Let's spin the wheel. All right, where do you land? Oh, let's do it. What do you want to talk about? I spun the wheel, man. Where do you land? Start it off. Uh, I think I think uh for us here personally, we gotta talk about one thing. We're both from St. Louis. Huge St. Louis Blues Cardinals fans. We got to talk about Luke Voigt, man. They traded him two years ago to New York. And look at this guy going off, man. 50 games, 50 RBIs, 20 home runs. Him, Mickey Mantle, and Babe Ruth are the only people to ever do that in history. Now let me ask you this. Do you think if he was still with the Cardinals, it would be the same? I mean, I don't see why I wouldn't. Well, look, playing, look at the lineup New York has. They have to pitch to him. Who? Okay, so let me ask you this. Who do they have playing right now? So I have not filed baseball one bit this year because of what we're about to lead into. But, I mean, you got Aaron Judge. Nope, he's been out the whole year. Has he? Aaron Judge has been out. This is, Tonight was the first night John Carlos Stanton's been back, too. Really? So he's just he's carrying this team – Dude, at one point they were eight games back. They're two games back now because in the last three games they scored eighty runs. Because I remember hearing about his name after he got traded, and when he was just like a, I think he was a DH or a pitch hitter over there, and he was just fucking stacking stats. Yeah, no, you can't you can't say anything about how they're just pitching to him because other people because Aaron Judge has been out the whole year. John Carlos Sam's been out. It's been him, DJ Lemayhu, uh, Gleyber Torres. Those people playing in your home city. I mean, because you got to factor that in. You got, you know, there has to be some nerves, right? Playing in your hometown where everybody has access to you. Anybody's like calling, stopping by, swinging by, asking for tickets, this, that, and the other. There has to be a little bit of that in there. Oh, yeah. I don't know where Luke Boyd's from. He's from St. Louis. Is he? Yeah. Let me, uh, let me, let me look into that to make sure, but I'm almost a thousand percent sure. It doesn't still take away from anything the year the man's having. I'm talking about Mike Trout, man, being the best baseball player ever, and he'll never win a ring. Yeah. Uh, his, his, his stats as of today, before 29, he is by far the best player. There's not even a close second. He's only been to the playoffs one time in 2014, and he got – Meet four to one against KC. Yes, yeah, so Luke Boyd is from Wildwood, Missouri, which is right outside St. Louis. Where where is it? Wildwood, Missouri, right outside St. Louis. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's a St. Louis boy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, dude, Mike Trout. I mean, this uh, the he's the Michael Jordan of baseball, hands down. But uh, he doesn't ever have the opportunity. They're, they're taken away from that man's career. Well, the he'll dip- go down as in baseball as the best baseball player that never won. The difference is 
is that basketball can be an individual sport if you got somebody like LeBron or Michael, where baseball is not. You get one at bat every three innings. Exactly. Uh, you know, and 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 even if you bet fucking five hundred, I mean, you you could add twenty extra wins to your team, but you can't. You can't go up there and bet every time. Michael Jordan could shot. You can't carry a team exactly. I so, mean, he puts up 40, 45 home runs, hundred RBIs a year, and that's still never enough because he doesn't have the surrounding cast. So, just a prime example of baseball money talks, right? I mean. What's more important in baseball to you guys, winning or money? And it's got to be money, which I don't fucking blame them. I'm taking the money too, you know. Ah, uh, well, I don't know if that's always true. To a certain extent, because you got to think about Mookie Betts. He came from Boston. He already won in Boston, right? So his situation's a little different. He won in 2016 with Boston. He has an MVP, and then he went to the Dodgers on a one-year trade. And everybody thought he was going to go back to uh, Boston, of course. He signed a $385 million contract. He needs to widen it up again this year. They, they've already got almost 40 wins. Right, but L.A. is a, a winning team. Well, play the Cardinals in the playoffs. We'll see. Uh, dude, I don't even know. Are the Cardinals even going to make the playoffs? I know it's like a super expanded, like half the teams in the league are going to make the playoffs this year. Yeah. Right now they're still seventh. I don't know how, but they're they're under five hundred. They look terrible, god awful. I don't understand uh, what the fuck's going on. We need the fire Smith. We need to we need to get that star again. We don't have that person. No, we need to spend money. We need to quit relying on these guys that come up from the fucking Triple A farm team and then relying on these guys because I mean they. It worked when you had Albert Pujols because you had Albert Pujols. Yeah, it was next man up mentality. But yeah, when we when we had Albert Pujols, we had Albert Pujols, Encarnacion. We also had Jim Edmonds. We had Scott Rowland. We had Chris Carpenter. We had a young Adam Wainwright. Fucking David motherfucking Eckstein. David Eckstein, and then after we got and after that in 2011 we had Albert Pujols, Scott Spezio. David Freeze, Adam Wainwright. Uh, we had everybody, man. We had we had a team. Today we have we're playing we're we're putting a puzzle together that doesn't make sense. Yeah, no, it's all young guns. There's there's no pitcher at the end of it. We're, all right, man. So, how much sports have you watched this year? Uh, right before we got on, I was watching Cleveland versus Cincinnati. I do fantasy still. No, oh, so is that yeah. keeps you watching? Because I'm not doing any fantasy, and I literally have not watched one, one full. Yeah, I'm doing I'm doing fantasy and pool at work, so I'm still watching. I'm invested only because I have money invested. I'm in a fifty dollar league, and I'm a hundred dollar pool at work. So, so yeah, I'm definitely still invested. I'm not invested like I was, though. I will I will say that. Like, I, I thought about adding it back to my television program. I have charter. Thought about adding it back on, though. But I just watch it on my phone and screen mirror it to my TV, and I'm not going to pay the extra $30. There's too many politics in it. I don't give a fuck about all that. Like, that's not what sports are. We don't need to know that fucking all that bullshit is out there with the politics and everything, and that's all they want to talk about. Right, dude. And I mean, you're the Segway champion because that's what I want to get into next here is 
the fucking the BLM intrusion that we got going on in sports. Now, don't get me wrong. The people marching on the streets, yeah, that's your constitutional right. But at the same time, this is how I feel. This is me talking personally. When I watch my sports, I watch my sports to escape everything else that's going on in my life. Everything else, the stress of everyday life. I watch it to drink a beer, watch the TV, and just forget about the fucking world for a little bit. Instead of turning on the TV and just getting slapped right in the right in the fucking face with it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't want to get on there and how they're talking about people kneeling and in the end zone, Black Lives Matter. We understand. I mean, I completely understand. Black lives do matter. But if, at the other end, if we put white, white lives matter, then that's a big deal. It. So you look at, in our last podcast was about 9-11, right? And after 9-11, we had the country come together. And, and sports was a big part of that. Uh, you know, everybody, you, you remember, I was at the game when Jack Buck gave that speech after 9-11. Have you ever heard that? Uh, not off the top of my head, no. I probably have, but I can't remember it off the top of my head. Back to what I was saying about the, the Black Lives Matter. I, I 100% do think that Black Lives Matter. I, I think that there's, they get racially profiled, and I think that a lot of stuff like that does happen. So this, And, and I don't see anything wrong with that, because I 100% agree they need to stand up for what they believe in. But I, my only thing is, like, but the, I mean, we don't. We're, we're still people at the end of the day. We're all people. So I think all lives matter. I think that's something they need to get, like, on with. Now listen to this, man. So my grandpa was a volunteer firefighter in our local community growing up. He was assistant chief at the time, and 9-11 happened. And after that, they invited all the local fire departments and police officers with the very first game that they had at Bush Stadium back after 9-11. And my grandpa was there, and all the police and firemen were on the field, and they had a big-ass American flag. And everybody knows Jack Buck. Listen to this. This is the speech that Jack I think I think everybody today knows Joe Buck more than Jack Buck. Yeah, so Joe Buck was Jack Buck's father, and he was the the guy for St. Louis Car. No, Jack, Jack Buck is Joe Buck's father. Right, yeah, I'm sorry. Did I, did I get that backwards? Yeah, you got it backwards, yeah. So listen here. It's still a somber uh, atmosphere. Uh, it was one of those um, situations where nobody really knew. Uh, even the fans seemed uh, kind of a little bit on uh, edge, but a little bit because you, you still heard that there could be um, further attacks. Comes on and, and that you might hear stand up as well as I think everybody uh, here and that ever heard those words. Since this nation was founded under God more than 200 years ago, we have been the bastion of freedom, the light that keeps the free world aglow. Well, that day when he showed me the ballpark, he was very, very... Uh... So that, I'm going to try to find... The actual poem here, without fucking CNN comment or ESPN commentator. Um, 
It's hard to hear. Let's hear this. Things are going to be quite different from now on. Free ad here. Please go on. We don't know. We don't know about you. But as for me, the question has already been answered. Should we be here? Yes. Fuck yeah, yes, man. Should we show others how to demonstrate our resolve? Yes, and we shall do it here this evening. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to baseball. Welcome back to Bush Stadium. To all of the fans tuning in around the country, welcome to St. Louis. Yeah, that's at the old stadium, too. And the Milwaukee Brewers and all of baseball welcome you back to Bush Stadium and this special evening in memory of those who lost their lives in New York, Washington, and Pennsylvania. And in honor of the heroic rescue workers and the pride that we have in our country, which we shall show you here this evening. Making their way toward base area are the color guards representing the American Legion, the St. Louis City and County Police Departments, the St. Louis Fire Department, and fire departments from around our area. Following them, our area firefighters bringing in our nation's flag. Ladies and gentlemen, we all now know about our police and firemen and the work that they always have done for us. You get the chills, don't it? These men and women are here. They are here to demonstrate their love for their fallen brethren. And the police and fire department will always be there for you whoever you are, whatever you need, despite the fact I don't even know you. I would like to read a poem which I have written for this occasion, after which there will be a special 21-gun fireworks salute. Since this nation was founded under God, more than 200 years ago, we have been the bastion of freedom, the light that keeps the free world aglow. We do not covet the possessions of others, 
We are blessed with the bounty we share. We have rushed to help other nations. Anything, anytime, anywhere. There we go, Jack Buck. Nature. We won't start, but we will end the fight. If we are involved, we shall be resolved to protect what we know is right. We have been challenged by a cowardly foe who strikes and then hides from our view. With one voice we say, we have no choice today. There is only one thing to do. Everyone is saying the same thing and praying that we end these senseless moments we are living. Our fathers did before. We shall win this unwanted war and our children will enjoy the future we'll be giving. Dude, how the fuck do you go from that to where we are now? And that was 2001, and today is 2020. In less than 20 years, we go from that to where we are now, where on the eve of 9-11, they're in an NFL fucking football game. You had anti-police rhetoric on the preview game. On the eve of 9-11. On the eve of fucking 9-11. And like we preface this with, we fucking get it. But there's a motherfucking time and there's a place. And it's goddamn not on the eve of 9-11 before the first football game in the whole year when you had every opportunity to get the whole country behind you where you could have said, we honor those that have served and fallen and gave everything for this country. Instead, you had one fucking team. The Chiefs, I'll give it to them. They came out for the national anthem. The other team, no, I'm not even going to say their name. They did not come out for the national anthem. They stayed in the goddamn locker room on the eve of 9-11. And you know what I got to say to that? Fuck you and fuck the NFL. And that, you know what, I, I, I'm going to try on this podcast not to cuss that much, but. Bro, fuck the NFL. They suck. I'm fucking pissed. I'm fucking pissed. I'm fucking pissed on the eve of 9-11. You have that kind of shit going on. That is asinine, man. NFL is a terrible league. It always has been and it always will be. And then. And then, dude, not to even mention baseball, when it starts off, you got BLM on the mound and shit. And you know what? In NBA, NBA, you have you have Mark Cuban saying when they – you, you, you got players on their back of their jerseys that don't have their names that say all lives matter and uh, – No, no, you put all lives matter on your jersey. You're not playing ever again. What you got is, is say his name. No, I don't like, I don't like that. I don't – Think that too much into it. Well, I, did. I don't. I don't see that as a problem. I see the problem when they're taking away from the sport and making it all about everything else. There's a place and a platform for everything, and that's not it. Right. You got a. You got a social media account. Use it. Use it. For they're all. They're all. They all have millions of followers and stuff. They don't have to do it in their at their job. Because if I go to my job and I do that, it's not going to be okay. Exactly. I can't go to work and fucking just say. Hey, I'm boycotting work today because I don't like what's going on in the world. You know what they tell me? All right, well, find a new job, motherfucker. And, dude, it's just, just – when did we switch from this rhetoric, man, that, that just – it's anti-American. Truly and wholeheartedly, it's anti-American. 
don't know if you agree with no. me, but I don't know. I, I don't know if it's anti-American anymore. I just feel like uh, I feel like the sad reality of it. This is how America is going to be from now on. No, no, no. We can't allow that to happen, man. And by anti-American, that's what I mean. You know who I mean, I, you can't say you can't allow it to happen because that's not fair to the people that are doing what they're doing. There are, there are a lot of peaceful people out there doing what they're doing. That's what I was about to say. Those are the people who I feel most sorry for because they got an actual message that they want to be actually heard from, from the world. And and it's undermined by these these people who who are going in the afternoon and, and taking advantage of them and and destroying their message by by the burning and looting and shit. The people that are marching at noon uh, down down the main street to the courthouse, yes, do it, do it. You got you feel something's wrong in this country. It is your constitutional right to peacefully gather and protest, and go to the courthouse and tell them, "Hey, fuck you." You know what? Sit down. Go inside the courthouse. Sit down. Sit down. Make them drag you out. But dude, the burning and looting and shit and this anti-American rhetoric where, where people are talking about burn this fuck the USA, burn this country down. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? No matter who you are, no matter who you are, you are way better off in this country than you are any other country in the world. And I don't care what anybody has to say. That is the God's honest truth. In this country, you could be born poor as shit, work your ass off, and be one of the richest people in the world. It's happened numerous times. So why would you want to destroy that system? Why not? Why not put the put the band aids where the where the where the fucking where the where the cuts are? Patch it up, fix it. Let's fix it. Let's fix it together. But but this shit of burn it down, burn it down. If your home, if your own home was broken, if you had a broken home, would you burn down your home? If you went to a psychologist because you had a broken home, do you think that psychologist would say, hey, man, your best option is to burn your fucking house down? No. Your psychiatrist would say, you know what? This is what's going on. This is what you need to do to fix it. Quit trying to burn your own goddamn house down, man. I don't know, man. I'm the, and that's just something I'm passionate about. I mean, I, you got you got people. Lay their life down for this country, left, right, in the middle, and and uh, you got to respect what we have here because it it could be way worse. And and what everybody's fought for is to keep it how it is, and make it and, and improve on it, right? I mean, no, nobody wants a country where anybody feels not safe to walk down the street, whether that be because you're scared of the police or because you live in a horrible neighborhood where the crime skyrocketed and, and you feel like you and your kids have to be inside by 5 p.m. or else you might take a straight bullet to the head. Nobody, n- nobody wants that for anybody, man. And, and, and actually what people, when they tune into these sports, man, when, when you're watching the... All they're doing is feeding into it. They're feeding into it and, and they're, they're participating in the that has been... They, they want this to happen. Exactly. Exactly. They don't want to unify us. And, and you know what? And, and everybody calls Kanye crazy, right? Kanye, you know, he's bipolar. He's nuts. You know what? If you follow Kanye on Twitter, the dude has a lot of fucking po- great points. They want to divide everybody. Well, Kanye talked about the, the hip hop culture and the sports culture. And he says, if you're a hip hop artist or an athlete, guess what? You may have a lot of money. 
but you are still controlled by somebody else because you signed a record deal or you signed a contract to play for a certain team. And if they say you have to do something, you have to do it. Just like me and you going. Yeah, they can't, they can't actually voice how they really feel. No, absolutely not. Look at there's people out there that doesn't feel the way that they're they're putting on their jerseys and stuff like that. They're doing that because they're told because they have a job to do. Yep, they're saying, "Hey, if not, their their money will not come in." Right. And at, the, at the end of the day, the biggest thing that everybody needs to realize, in my opinion, is that we have one life to live, and we need to do it right because at the end of the day. Everything we're doing right now will be erased one day. One day. This is not going to be what everybody thinks it's going to be. This is all going to be erased. Everything, there's been people alive for thousands of years, they say. And we don't know shit about that. What do you think is going to happen in a thousand years? You think this is going to be taught in schools? No. No, and, and, and here's why is that. We learned about stuff hundreds of years ago. I, I 100% agree with that. Well, I think history is taught into an aspect of how they want you to know history, right? I mean, they teach you what they want you to know. They don't want you to know everything else that really happened. All right. Who, who runs education? I mean, it's the government. And so the government's going to teach you what the government wants you to know. They're not going to teach you things you don't. Why do you think nobody learns about how money works in school? Did you learn about how money works in school? Because I sure the fuck didn't. No, you learned about math. You didn't learn about money. Oh, you, yeah, you dissect- you, didn't learn, you didn't learn about how to do your finances or how to build your credit or anything like that. Or invest in stocks or real estate. Yeah, I mean, you dissected a frog, but you didn't dissect a wealthy person's choices and the, and the decisions he made. No, you never do because at the end of the day, man, what people re- really need to realize at the end of the day, your fucking opinion doesn't matter. I don't care if you get 100,000 or 100 million people. It doesn't matter. It's not going to change anything. And it sucks that it doesn't because there's a lot of things in this world that need to change. And I stand up for the people that are doing what they think is right. I think that is awesome because at the end of the day, you always have a voice. You have to, you have to voice your opinion because if not, it's never going to change. And these people that are getting killed by the police, these black men, a lot of those are wrong. I 100% agree with that. But I, I don't I don't agree with the writing and stuff like that. I, I, I agree with going out and voicing your opinion, but doing it the right way, man, because you're burning down these properties and things like that that other people have built. And for the NFL, MLB to do that, all they're doing is building these fires under people's ass to go out and do that stuff. Well, and, and, and dude, I personally believe that it's fueled – Situations like them cops that got shot in California, like that. I just, I just seen that video. Yeah, with that white kid. No, no, no. The where the it looked like a younger black guy went up and just. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I I watched one today uh, on Real World Police. I watched that on YouTube. Uh, they were doing a traffic stop. I'm sorry, it was in Las Vegas. Yeah, and they they tried to pull the young man out of the car. They tased him. They pepper sprayed him, and. In my opinion here, uh, they probably should have used legal force because he was not – if it would have been a black man, they would have did it, and I do believe that wholeheartedly. This man was fighting, and they were trying to wrestle him off. He was punching them, and then he pulled the other – he pulled the one cop's gun and shot and killed the other cop and injured the other one. 
you know, and and the I mean, thing in that situation there, when he's swinging, you have to you you have to protect your wife. You have to use legal force. Well, and, black, white, brown, orange—it doesn't matter, man. The thing is, man, is that I, you know, you got you got this movement to to defund the police, and what the police need is five times more funding. Send them all to fucking. You know, even Andrew Yang. Hundred percent, a hundred percent. They need to teach our police officers the right way to handle situations. And dude, it doesn't matter who you are. If somebody's breaking into your house with a gun, you're calling the police. Yeah. When that, when that young man went over there and he oh. killed those, when he was trying to get attacked and he killed those people, guess what they did? They were calling for the cops to come in there and get him. They weren't calling for each other. They were calling, "Oh my God, yeah, 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 yeah." Dude, they attacked that kid with. Lethal weapons. They hit him with a skateboard and shit. Like they're trying to kill him. Yeah, man. I, I, unfortunately, I just believe that you know the mainstream media takes incidents like that and twists the narrative to where you know you get this anti-gun, anti-police rhetoric out of it, and and anybody who defends himself is getting arrested these days. I mean, look at the McClowskis from St. Louis. Who, now, granted, that one chick shouldn't have been fucking flattering her gun everywhere, but I mean, but but at the end of the day, that's also their right because they they have that right to have a gun and protect their property. Yeah. They did. They didn't break any laws. No, no, they didn't. So why do you get your Floyd card and your concealed carry? I mean, they didn't break. They didn't break any laws, man. They were intruding on their property. Dude, it's, I don't know, man. It's it's. Uh, I don't care what anybody says about that because that's not breaking a law, man. Once you have that. And you're qualified to carry that gun or anything. If you feel yourself in danger, you had that right. Because many people were on their private property, by the way. Dude, to, to me, it's it's as simple as just mind your own fucking business. If if you got an issue with the government, take it up with the government. Don't go don't go cruising through random ass neighborhoods. Nobody there. Go to the mayor's house. But people that live in just their own homes, man, they're just trying to go to work, feed their kids, and get home and, and play a little bit and take a shower and go to bed. Hopefully have a good dinner. That's all yeah, yeah, that's all it comes down to, man. You don't have to go riot at somebody's house that has nothing to do with anything. I would 100% have did the same thing. They, they stood their ground and defended their own. And I don't think that's breaking the wall by any means. And I don't think they should be bashed for that. Because at the end of the day, if somebody comes into my house or my property, I'm going to do the same thing. I have my Floyd card. I have a gun. I have a gun in my room. I'm going to do the same thing. Nah, it's just... I, it, 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 do, do you have a gun? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know if you did. Yeah, I did. I do. I got, I got my Floyd card back in January, and I went and bought a gun. Oh, you got to have one. Uh, Man, and then... It, it you could if if you and everybody wants to call me conspiracy theorist or whatever everybody want to call me conspiracy theorist too when I went and bought masks and a bunch of food and shit in the middle of February for COVID after I showed the videos in China, but man if you connect these dots you could tell this is like a planned out movement man I mean you look at hundred percent this is all a fucking movement yeah this is and it's a paid movement somebody's paying these people i mean who else could travel from state to state to protest do you see these people in washington dc then they go to seattle then they go to portland then they go to minnesota then they go down to alabama they're going everywhere man they're going everywhere down over to georgia to Atlanta. they're going everywhere the same people what the fuck how the fuck dude i don't got money to just go flying around from fucking state to state do you no no i mean no i don't 
and nobody really does it, I know. And, like, the thing is, like, at the end of the day, I feel like 2020, in my opinion, I feel like everything will go back to normal. The normal that we knew. You think by the end of this year we'll be back to the normal? I don't think by the end of the year, but I guarantee you by March we'll be able to go to concerts and stuff again and sporting events and we won't have any restrictions. So they, they can't they can't let it up at all one time. This whole COVID thing is a hoax too. They can't let it up at one time. They have to play this up. Why are we still the only country that's dealing with this? Oh, because it's all political. That's what I'm saying. Like it was a real thing. It was a real thing. But why are we still the only ones dealing with this today? But the thing is, they're not gonna let it it's not gonna the election's not gonna end or whatever's gonna happen. And then, bam, everything's normal again. They have to play it off like, oh, this isn't really happening. So I think by 2021, I think by summer next year, oh, yeah, we're, we're going to be back to living normal life. Dude, it, I hope, I hope, I hope this isn't fucking, uh, I hope this isn't uh, the new normal, so to speak. Dude, I got to piss so fucking bad. No, and it's not. This is not the new normal, and it's never been normal. And people that are accepting it as normal are just fucking stupid. When I go into a gas station, I still don't wear a mask because I had to get tested a week ago to go back to work, and I didn't have it. I've been around many people that have had it. And I know people get it, man. It's a real thing. It's out there. It is out there. It's a real thing. That is not fake about it. But the way they're hyping it up and the way they're making it be is a fake thing. Yeah, man, it definitely is. I mean, it's proven by – check this out. I'm going to go take a piss while this is playing because I've already listened to it. But uh, so when it's done, you can, get, you, you can uh, share your thoughts on it. But this is from Nashville where the mayor and his cronies uh, decided to hide the fact that they knew – that COVID wasn't passed uh, that easy in bars and restaurants, but yet they decided to hide it from the public. Listen to this. this oh, yeah, I've seen that. The local news station in Nashville. Hold on here. Breaking tonight, coronavirus cases at Nashville bars and restaurants may have been so low, so low, the mayor's office and the Metro Health Department decided to keep it a secret. Emails between the mayor's senior advisor and the health department reveal only a partial picture, but what is in them is disturbing. Fox 17 News' Dennis Ferrier has the story. The discussion involves the low number of COVID cases coming out of bars and restaurants, and most disturbingly, how to keep it from the public. On June 30th, contact tracing was giving a small view of coronavirus clusters. Construction and nursing homes causing problems. More than a thousand cases traced to each category. But bars and restaurants, a total of just two cases. Leslie Waller from the health department asked, quote, this isn't going to be released, right? Just info for mayor's office? Correct. Not for public consumption, answers the mayor's senior advisor, Benjamin Eagles. One month later, the health department is asked point blank about the rumor that there are only 80 cases traced to bars and restaurants. Tennessean reporter Nate Rao asks, quote, 
The figure you gave of more than 80 does lead to a natural question if there have been over 20,000 positive cases of COVID-19 in Davidson and only 80 or so are traced to restaurants and bars. Doesn't that mean restaurants and bars aren't a very big problem? Metro Health Department spokesman Brian Todd asks five Metro Health Department officials the question, please advise how you recommend I respond. The name at the top of the response is clipped off, but you may find the answer unacceptable. Quote, my two cents, we have certainly refused to give counts per bar because those numbers are low per site. We could still release the total though. And then a response to the over 80 could be, quote, because that number is increasing all the time and we don't want to say a specific number. Neither the health department or the mayor's office would confirm the authenticity of the emails. But Councilman Steve Glover asked a Metro staff attorney to inquire. Here's the official answer. I was able to get verification from the mayor's office and the Department of Health that these emails are real, answered the staff attorney. Glover says this adds up to a cover-up. They're fabricating information. They've blown their entire credibility now, Dennis. It's gone. I don't trust the thing they say going forward. Nothing. Glover says he has been contacted by an endless stream of downtown bartenders, waitresses, and restaurant owners. Why would they not release these numbers? We raised taxes 34%, and we put literally hundreds and thousands of people out of work that are now worrying about losing their homes, their apartments, etc., and we did it off of false information and bogus data. That should be illegal. The mayor's office won't comment on these emails. And the question that brings up is why? I mean, they're just numbers. They're either true or not. And why? Why are you trying to keep them from everybody? I'm Dennis Ferrier, Fox 17 News, your Code Red Station. <laughs> What? Can you believe it? 100% I can. Dude, how? It, it just leaves me speechless. Like, how many people lost their jobs? Because that just shows you it's all political, man. At that point, it always has been. I mean, and that was straight from the local national station. That wasn't just some some bullshit. That was from the Nashville fucking news station. And how the fuck does... How the fuck <laughs> do you consciously make the decision to put millions of people out of jobs and hide the information that you know that could keep them working? They want the economy to fail. The election infection, man. And, 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 and here, here in Illinois, I mean, they're just putting stricter and stricter restrictions on us. Now you can't eat inside. What happens to these fucking restaurants in the winter when you don't have Hey, to that's not true. I went to... Uh... No, 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 no. Don't say that on here. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to give a shout out to Jerry's Cafeteria in Granite City, Illinois. Oh, no, no I'm not talking about that. No, I'm not talking about Jerry's. Ooh, a Jerry's. I'm saying, like, other 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 count. We're one of the only counties that are still in lockdown. I went to Breeze a couple of days ago and had a steakhouse dinner, and you could eat inside. There was no six feet restriction or nothing. Right. So how fucking how does that make? But here in the county that we do have lockdowns in, Jerry's Cafeteria in Granite City, Illinois, decided that 
hey, we're going to go ahead and say fuck you and open up. And they opened up. And you know what their first dinner was? A big-ass fucking plate of American fucking freedom. <laughs> Dude, if I had a restaurant or a business or something, I mean, like, like you got two options. Eat. Hey, you let the fucking government just not let you open and you barely get by for a week or two or a month or two and then you close down. Or you say, fuck you, government, I'm going to open up and you fight them in court and chances are you're going to win. So why the fuck is option B of, hey, I'm going to go fight these motherfuckers as hard as I can. I'm going to open up anyway. I'm going to take the chance. I'm going to go ahead and go to court. And I'm going to even if you you fight for yourself and don't even hire a lawyer, you go ahead, you go to court, you say, hey, this is unconstitutional as a motherfucker. I mean, you do that, and even if they say, okay, well, no, you lose your license. Well, guess what? You wash your license, your business closed down. That was going to fucking happen anyway. So why not fight back? That's like if someone has a gun to your head and you know 100% certain that they're going to pull the trigger and you have two options, either A, let them pull the trigger and take it, or B, try to hit them in the fucking jaw as hard as you can and surprise them. And at least you'll have a fighting chance. Why not go down with a motherfucking fighting chance? Like, like what, what is this country anymore, man? Like, like we're in America and people aren't willing to go down with a fighting chance. You're just willing to bow down to these motherfuckers. And then half the country believes everything that's said. Half the country's like, oh, COVID will kill you. We got to, you know, we got to wear masks everywhere and yada this and yada that. Come on, man, as Joe Biden would say. I mean, really? Really? You really think COVID just killing everybody? If you think that, then I got news for you. Peanut allergies. The same amount of people have peanut allergies that has had COVID in this whole country. So, theoretically... There's more people walk around, or as as much people walk around with peanut allergies as there is people with COVID. So, we should ban peanuts. Hashtag ban peanuts. Because you never know when you open a jar of peanut butter or a bag of peanuts, who's sitting next to you, they might have the peanut allergy. So, we got to ban peanuts. And while we're at it, we'll ban alcohol. Because you never know who's going to go get a 30-pack, drink it all, and then try to drive a city over to go buy some more or to go hit the bar, or to do whatever the fuck they're going to do after they drink a 30-pack and get in the car and drive, they might hit somebody and kill them. So ban alcohol. And you know what? Fireplaces. I wonder how many fires are caused by fireplaces. I bet it's quite a bit. Candles. Candles. Women love candles. What are we going to do with candles? I think we should fucking ban candles, because how many house fires are started by leaving a candle lit? God damn, we should just ban everything dangerous. Wait a minute. What kind of world would we live in if everything dangerous was banned? Oh, yeah. We wouldn't have a fucking world because everybody in this fucking world dies. So candles, if you leave them on while you sleep, they could burn your house down. Guess what? A fireplace. If you fall asleep with the fireplace going, it could burn your house down and kill you. Guess what? You open a bag of peanuts and drop one. Or if you're a cook at a restaurant and you accidentally get some peanut oil in the food and take it to the wrong person, it's going to kill them. So by the logic we're speaking now, you know, if it just saves one life, then we should ban alcohol because people drink alcohol and drink and drive and we should ban peanuts because somebody can open a bag of peanuts and kill the person next to him or drop a little bit of peanut oil in somebody's pasta and it kills them. And we should ban fireplaces because 
who knows how many house fires are started from fireplaces and how many people died because a house fire started in their fireplace or a candle. No more white woman carrying fucking bad bath and beyond candles going around anywhere. No more wooden wicks because if you do that motherfucker burn, who knows what's happening? What about a wax warmer? I'm sure a wax warmer started a fire. What about light bulbs? I'm sure there's been a fire or two by light bulbs. Hashtag saves one life. If it just saves one life, we need to ban it. Ban it. Ban it. Ban it. One life. Shut the fuck up and live your goddamn life because you're going to die anyway. And there ain't a motherfucking thing you can do about it, man. Nothing. Not one thing. At the end of the day, nothing that we do matters. Dude, what you do matters. Not really. You all died the same way. Uh, yeah, you all died the same way, but I mean, do you want to be the generation that, like, let's like let's say some UN troops show up to our country and we just sit back and put our tail between our legs and hide in our basement like Joe Biden? Do you want to be the generation that gives your country up to fucking foreign invaders? No. So what you do matters as a collective, as an individual, I would say, to a lesser extent. But to say it doesn't matter, I feel like it's disingenuous, but... My whole point is, is that, is that that's what we're doing right now is we're letting these people who, who don't have the power they think they do, we're, we're letting them think they have this power. And, and I'm going to tell you something. 9-11 happened almost 20 years ago. We no longer honor it in the NFL, MLB or anything like we did right afterward. But what we do is still take our shoes off at the airport. And we still have the Patriot Act, which allowed the government to go in and monitor all our phone calls and our conversations and see who we're calling. And pretty much without a warrant, look at anything and everything we're doing telecommunications-wise. They, 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 have, they yep. have control over everything we do. What we eat, what we drink, what we do every day. Yep. If they want to kill us off, if they really want to kill us off, they'd put it in our food. We're, at the end of the day, everything comes from somewhere. It, it, it absolutely does, man. And then, man, I don't Unless know. Unless you're growing your own food. And then even then, if you're buying the seeds to grow your own food, yeah. they have control over that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a never-ending cycle. I mean. You're, you're gonna, you're gonna, how are you going to make your own seeds? You can't. Well, I mean, you could take some heirloom seeds if you got them, if you're that lucky. But I'm sure like only 1% of the population has some heirloom seeds. Exactly, yeah. If they wanted us all dead, we'd all be dead. But I don't think they want us all dead. I think they don't, want, they don't want. No, they don't. They want to. They want to scare us and control us. Control. It's all about control. A control mechanism because. And and the, the let's mask right. If masks worked, like they said they did, and I know everybody does a meme going around and shit. Why are we letting rapists out of prison? Uh, somebody got killed in New Jersey because their rapist, the, their rapist got let out of prison, and then that rapist went and killed the person who accused them of rape, all due to COVID. These forest, guess what? I read an article today. These forest fires out in California, you know, you've seen them, haven't you, JD? Yeah, I have. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I have. I just dropped something. So, guess what got put off this year because of COVID? The prescribed forest fires that California does annually, which pretty much burns all the dead loose shit in a slow burn controlled method 
that away, big forest fires don't happen. And now this year, guess what? We got the biggest forest fires ever. What do you say? Yeah, what are the odds of that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it, dude. It, it, man, we're and and these people they just cower down, cower down. Freedom, freedom. That's what this country's founded on. Freedom. You can't. When you can't go to church, but you can go to a casino. When you can't go to the gym and lift weights, but you can go to a casino. When you can't go to a restaurant and eat what you choose or go to a bar, but you can go to a casino. When you could go, listen, the government gets so much tax dollars off casino revenue that they'll allow casinos to be open. But you can't drink at the casino. Yeah, yeah. You can go to the casino, but you can't have a beer at the casino. Like, what in the flying fuck are you talking about the only thing was there was a while where you couldn't even go to the casino though yeah yeah, yeah. i mean i'll give them a pass on the initial lockdowns because nobody really knew what this thing was and china didn't they didn't they didn't yeah they definitely didn't i'll give them a pass for the first four to six weeks but now but now we know why are we going backwards yeah, dude, there's no need to go backwards. There's no, we know what it is. We know that if you're not older, it's more than likely not going to kill you. There might be some long-term effects that we don't know about, but guess what? There's long-term effects of alcoholism. There's long-term effects of tobacco. Of the go- biggest killer in the world is tobacco. We know that. Yeah, and yet we still sell it. And, and the argument is for that is, well, you know, uh, Tobacco, you choose to do it. COVID, somebody else could give it to you. And I get that, but you know what? Somebody else can fucking give you AIDS. And guess what California did? They California fucking made it to where it's not a felony anymore if you willingly if you knowingly give somebody AIDS and didn't tell them. So and they're the most progressive state. So by that logic, that means that it's okay to pass on horrible viruses to people that, you know, might be unsuspecting, right? Because, I mean, AIDS can kill you. You're probably more likely to die from AIDS. I mean, I know they got new drugs and shit, but you're more likely to die from AIDS than COVID, probably. Let's look that up. Let's look up death rate of AIDS. Let's see here. AIDS death rate in the United States. HIV.gov. Oh, well, one in seven with HIV are unaware of their infection. Approximately 1.2 million people are living with HIV today, so... You know, I understand that you got to spread it through sexual contact and stuff, but the thing is, is it's still a highly infectious disease. And California made it a law where you can infect somebody willingly and they don't, you don't have to tell them. It's not a felony anymore. But yet you show up school board like a guy in South Dakota did, which we thought was like the freest state in the country right now. A guy showed up to a school board meeting and got kicked out because he didn't have a mask on. Actually, the police had to drag him out because he told the police, hey, I know you don't want to arrest me for this, but you're a little pussy and you got to do your job instead of standing up for what's right. And even though it's unconstitutional, you're going to have to drag me out of here. I want everybody to see what you're willing to do. And they fucking dragged him out of there. So you can get arrested 
for showing up to a meeting without going, but in California, you can give somebody AIDS and there's no consequences whatsoever. What do you think about that, man? What do you, what do you think about that? I don't get, I don't get how, how there's people out there that, that don't look at that kind of facts. So some are facts, some are cold hard facts. You can look them up. They look at that and they don't connect any dots. And I'm, uh, what I assume is that they are, uh, you know, they're busy people. They watch CNN and MSNBC and they believe what Rachel Maddow and, uh, you know, Don Lemon says. And, and they take them for their word and they believe it and stuff like that. But man, it's a, <laughs> there's a, there's a serious attempt right now to take this country over. It's not a joke, people. It's serious. We have outside money, particularly by a man of the name of George Soros, who is paying these attorney generals like the one we have in our local area by the name of Kim Gardner. I need to go to the bathroom, too. To specifically, I'm talking about George Soros right now. George Soros... Particular, you know, like we got Kim Gardner in St. Louis, our prosecuting attorney or our attorney general, whatever the fuck she is. But getting campaign money from him, George Soros, that is, and and they are letting criminals free, left, right, and the other. And and to me, it's for a particular reason. Look at the COVID. Look how many people got out of prison for the COVID. And look at all these people that are arrested for these riots and looting and shit. They all had severe criminal criminal backgrounds. How many, what, what I want to see, how many people arrested for rioting, looting, and arson during these lockdowns since COVID started? How many people of them let out of jail early due to COVID? Because I guarantee you, there's, that was their intentions. They want to cause mayhem and chaos. So yeah, let criminals out of jail. When we arrest criminals, keep them out of jail. And you know what we're going to do? Law-abiding citizens who just want to open their gym and not wear a mask, we're going to go and arrest them. But you know what? These rapists, let's let them out. These people who who are capable of severe chaos, let's let them out. And what these fucking people don't realize that are going out and doing this shit, if they're successful, the people are telling you to do this, if they're successful, guess who the first fucking people are going after? You. You're called a useful fucking idiot. Quit being one. You're a useful idiot. Quit fucking being one. When they, now I'm not going to say when, because I doubt they're ever successful, but if if they get lucky and they're successful, they're coming after you. And you won't know what hit you because what they're doing to this country, think of what they could do to you as an individual. They're coming after you, man. You got to wake up, smell the roses. Be grateful you live in this goddamn country. You get let out of jail early for COVID, fucking go get a job if there is one and fucking just try to straighten your ass out. But I know you're getting a paycheck, so fuck, that is a job, I guess, huh? Yeah, it's true, man. Oh, man. I don't know, man. I, uh, it's a... Uh, yeah, let, let me ask you this. Because I was listening to a podcast recently, uh, and, and something kind of hit me pretty hard. And it was a guy who, you know, Aubrey Huff. You know who Aubrey Huff is? I don't know. He was a San Francisco player. 
San Francisco Giants baseball player. Uh, really good power hitter. But I listened to his podcast, and since this whole thing started, I mean, he got – once he supported Donald Trump publicly, the uh, Giants disinvited him from their World Series celebration because of that. And he's been real public ever since. And I was just to his podcast he did yesterday. Yeah, that's fucked up, man. That right there is fucked up. Man. Oh, yeah. That's all about your beliefs, man. You don't have – don't fucking yeah exactly good matter but so he his last podcast and and you know this one really hit home and he was talking about you know what i've been pissed i've been so pissed i'd wake up i check my social media I'd turn into the news i'm watching the news all day i'm seeing what's going on i'm not watching sports because i'm fucking pissed at these guys and and all this that and the other and and you know he made a really good point he said you know what i think we're falling in their trap I think we're falling in their trap. And what I mean by that is, is I think that this shit is making everybody so negative and hateful and depressed and sad and angry. You know, we, we, we turn to alcohol, look at alcohol sales their way up. We turn to alcohol, which further depresses us and everybody's falling into this trap. And he's, you know, and, and when he said that it hit home and he said, man, I just, negative 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 they're after us and this that and the other it's bad out there these masks it's pissing me off and and these protests are pissing me off and these looters are pissing me off and everything pissing me off and i get on twitter and it pisses me off i get on facebook everyone wants to argue with me and every time i turn a page every time i turn a channel it's fucking negative 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 you know everything i believe in is getting fucking whitewashed and, and it's getting fucking scrubbed from ever the internet and, and it's pissing me off he said, I think we're falling into exactly what they want us to fall in, and it's self, self-hatred. Self-hatred when you don't even know you're hating yourself, but you're so negative on the world that it's infecting yourself because when you're negative, what happens, man? You, you attract negative people, right? Yeah. So what he said really hit home with me, man, and I think we all really need to kind of take a deep breath and just, hey, you know what? We need to have that you'll never get the me mentality. I see you. You know, like a poker player. I see you. I call your bluff. I'm going to fucking win in the end. I'm just going to go do my thing. I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to do what I need to do. And that's all I can do. And I'll spread some message of love and unity. And uh, that's all I can do. I, I, and, and, and I think we all need to turn the social media off, the news off. We need to disengage from this electronic world. Besides communicating with people you know and love. Yeah, I agree. Nothing else you can do right, right now. Man. It's, it's in it. Sometimes that's hard, man, you know. I mean, uh, sometimes it's real hard to, to step back from everything that's getting pumped in your head. Sometimes you just feel like a fucking water balloon, right? And and you got so much shit that just pumped in you and you're just like one millimeter away from exploding. And it's hard to fucking, you know, open your valve, let some of that water out and, and go back to being just, you know, content. Not even content, but just focused on yourself. And, uh, Man, I don't know. I th- I think 
there's a lot of greatness in this world that's being overlooked right now. And, and there's a lot of greatness in this country and a lot of great people in this country. And we all want the best for this country. I, I miss my sports. I miss, I miss just living. Uh, fuck, I miss half-ass believing the conspiracy theories I believed in. You know what I mean? I miss well, what I really miss is just this uh, feeling of community because I feel like that's what's been taken away from us the most. Because I mean, you don't. I mean, me and me and me and uh, Justin were talking about this before. You know, we're going to be setting up a little local studio to do in-person podcasts and you know a zoom phone call a zoom conference a zoom podcast just doesn't feel the same as a in-person you can feel each other you know what i mean not at all how how do you think man how do you think the average person like like we've all had our struggles i guarantee you every person in this country has had a huge struggle over the past six months what do you think we could do, man, to, as individuals to pull ourselves out of the mud and buy the bootstraps and get out of this down cycle everybody seems to be in right now? Uh, we can't do anything until they let us. Oh, man. But what can you do? You have your house. They can't do nothing in your house as of right now. What can you do? It's just you, your house, and your family. What can you do? Yeah, man, but that's the thing. Like, we have to still surround ourselves with others. Like, we can't just... I mean, we've all been with each other for six months, seven months. Like, that's great. I mean, we still need normal living, man. We need to go to sporting events, concerts, go out to dinners. And we have to have that getaway. We don't have that. With no mask on, too, man. Because I, I, that mask takes away from it. It takes away from the environment. that You can't read somebody. I mean, uh, they got the mask on. You can't tell if they're smiling, pissed off. <laughs> Not Like, I went and picked my kid up from school today. It sucks really bad. I'm the only dude without a mask on, picking up my kid from school. And then this one mom, like, scoot, make sure she's six feet away from me. Like, she's eyeballing me. Like, dude, we're outside. The sun's out. Boo. Get the fuck away from me. I'm not wearing a mask while I'm picking my kid up from school. Fuck you. You feel me? Yeah, man, it's just one thing after another, and uh, I don't know, man. Well, let's, uh, as as we head towards the end of this thing, let's let's turn the page here, man. Let's spread some. Well, uh, let's let's talk about something a little lighter. What do you got? Yeah, let's talk about us a little bit. They don't really know too much about us. Why don't you go ahead and start and tell them a little bit about yourself? Uh, me, myself, and I, man, my name, my name's Sean, uh, and I am the type of person who I, uh, I do shit on a whim, I think this podcast, just went out fucking bought a new laptop, a new microphone, bought a website, the domain name for abnormallynormal.com, abnormally with an I. And I love my country. Uh, I love what we're offered here. Um, as far as, you know, being able to 
choose your path. And, and I'm a big believer. You know what I was, uh, until this recent, until about a year ago, man, I was, a uh, I guess what you call an atheist. I didn't believe in any sort of God or anything, but, but this kind of brought me around and, and I truly believe I, I pray every night, uh, God and country. I'm a God and country type of man. Um, and I just want to make sure my family's safe and my family is uh, the the choice to make the choices they they want and the option to succeed if they decide they want to try hard enough to do so. And you know, I uh, went to high school in a steel town, grew up raised by steel workers, blue collar life, had a pretty good childhood. Um, played some hockey, love fucking hockey. Played baseball. I was like below average at that though. I'll admit it. I tried out for football in like the eighth grade and I was like, dude, I suck. So I actually I got cut. I was like one of the seven people that got cut from the eighth grade football team. Uh, then high school man went to Mizzou. Good old Mizzou for a year. Was in a fraternity. Uh decided this shit's expensive and went to Went to the Air Force. I was a medic in the Air Force Reserves for about four years, and now I uh, do what I do. I don't really want to say what I do, but I do that and uh, provide for my fucking beautiful family, man. There you go, buddy. That's all you got to do. What about you, J.D.? You tell them, man. Yeah, my name's Justin. Uh, I'm pretty normal person i just uh from a little background about me i kind of grew up a little bit different than sean did i kind of bounced around from family to family my mother was a season when i was younger so i was always kind of bouncing around back and forth for family and member or friend member and then yeah motherfucker for like what like a year i went through my hard times with the growing up and stuff like that uh being an adult it kind of sucked growing up in the situation i did but i finally found my way now i'm uh i manage a team at work i mean i just bought a house last year this year actually in june we got a beautiful girlfriend and a beautiful family and man it's just weird to say but i'm kind of living the american dream when you think about it where i live at and what i have going on every day i just don't really have anything to complain about i think that last sentence you said man nothing to complain about i mean from where you came from to where you are now look at it look at it that's where you were a dude who could have easily said fuck this shit I'm just going to be an alcoholic or a drug addict. I'm just going to fucking, I'm going to go find some fucking crackhead to live with and take the easy way out. But you didn't, man. You fucking, you prevailed. I mean, you said I was blessed. I was really, really blessed uh, how I grew up. You had it hard. And, and you're the... If, if I'm being really honest with you, yeah, I, yeah, man. There were there were a lot of times where I didn't know where my next meal was coming from. 
and that sounds bad, but like at the end of the day, that's not even bad. There was times where I didn't know where I was going to lay my head at night or where I was going to be the next week, man. I kind of had to, I had to grow up before everybody else really did. And that put a lot of strain on me and I'm not perfect. I made my fair share of mistakes, but like where I've, what I've done and what I'm continuing to do is on the right path. And that's the only thing you can do. All right, man. One foot in front of the other. I mean, yeah, nobody's going to do it for you. That's what people really need to realize, man. At the end of the day, I don't care how bad you got it, nothing like that. Because at the end of the day, nobody's going to do it for you. You have to do it for yourself. If you want something, you have to do it. And by no means have I made it. I haven't made it anything. I'm not making millions of dollars or anything. I'm just making an, an honest living doing what I'm doing. So uh, how old were you when your mother passed away? I was 11. If, if you could give advice to even yourself at 11 years old, what's, what's, an, what's, what's the first thing you would tell your 11 year old self, you know, I, I, you, that, that grieving process has to be unimaginable. Yeah. I mean, the only thing you really tell somebody like, like that is expect the unexpected because like you're out, you can't expect anything. Like, I mean, you're 11 years old. You don't know where you're watching to go. And everybody's situation is different because you can lose a loved one when you're a millionaire or like I was dirt poor. But like you, you, you gotta expect the unexpected because you, you can't give up, man. You gotta just keep pushing forward because, like I keep saying, like nobody's gonna do it for you. Nobody's gonna. Because I had many friends back in the day where I'd go out drinking and shit like that when I had no money, and they would pay for my drinks every fucking time. I thought they were doing good favors for me and helping me out. Every weekend I was going out celebrating what I had nothing to celebrate for. I was going down the wrong path with that means. Like I, I was watching my friends buy houses, get married and, and do all that. But I was at the end of the day still going home to nothing. Get sick of it or what? Yeah, I I wanted better for myself, and I always knew I was I was better for myself. But when you get in a hole, the the one thing about a hole is that it just gets deeper. If you can climb yourself out of it, like man, I was just like I said, there was weekends where I was going out and drinking every weekend, and I was going out celebrating, getting hammered, getting fucked up. My friends are still going home to their wives and their house, and I was going home sleep in my knuckles bedroom or do this or that and I just didn't want that no more man and the biggest thing about it is I realized that like I also don't need that I don't need to go out every weekend I have more money now than I ever had then and when I say that I take that with a faint heart like I don't have a ton of money but I, I at least have enough in my savings account where like if something goes wrong with my house I can fix it. I, I have more money in my savings right now than I probably made in two years when I was doing that. Yeah, man. I... And that could be me having $100 in my savings, but that's still more than what I had. Which I clearly have more than $100 in my savings now, but like, 
No, no, I get what, I get what you're saying. I mean, you're you is is that I was doing everything in the wrong way. I was going down the wrong path. I was sad, depressed, and I I, I was going down the path that everybody thought that I was going to go down. So you, you were, you know, it's a big thing about. But, 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 but what 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 changed is this, there's there's nothing that changed about me. People always ask me that, like, what changed? What what made you do that? And it's, it's nothing. It's, uh, I always had that same vision, and I always had that same mentality. I always had that in me, but I had to find it in me again. Like, Because I never had to graduate high school. There was nobody ever there saying, like, hey, you have to go to school or anything like that. I'm the only person in my, with my last name to ever graduate high school or anything like that to this day. And it was, and I just went because that's what I wanted to do. And then when I uh, when I got down that wrong path, I, I w- there was things going on in my life that put me in that path. Not everybody's paths go the same way. That's that's the reason we have a path in life. But like, it's not that I woke up one day and I was like, dude, I got to do different because that's not true. Because even when I was going down the path that I was going down, I I always knew that hey man, this ain't right. Like you got to stop doing this. But it was so easy because people were feeding into what I wanted them to do. Because they cared about me and they loved me and they wanted to see me have a good time too. But at the end of the day, they were feeding into what I was doing because they were paying for my drinks, paying for my food, paying for everything around me and giving me what I wanted. And they thought they were helping me because they they like, I'm a fun person. I'm fun to be around. I'm that guy that you want to be around. Not to sound cocky, but I'm a really outgoing person. I bring other people together. And like I said, people were starting their lives, and my life was going in the opposite direction. What it was was I always wanted that too. And it just took me a little bit longer. And not to say it took me a little bit longer. It just took – I don't know what it is. But one day I was just done with that. I, I I realized that's not really, and it wasn't a never night change either. It was a, hey, keep a job, get an apartment, find somebody you like. Oh, you don't like that person? Okay, well, move on, do this, keep your job, keep your apartment, get another apartment, find another person you think you like, spend a couple of years of your life doing that. Okay, you don't, that person's not right for you. Life goes on. Keep your job, get a better job, get a better job, get a better job, better job, because I've been through many jobs. And find that person you like, buy a house. And that's what I mean by like, I think everything happens for a reason because I really do. Because, like, I mean, the person I'm with now, I would never thought 10 years ago I'd meet that person. Because that, not the person I am today. I, I just wouldn't have thought that I would be in the area where I live right now because I was so scared of missing out on everything. That was my big thing. I was really scared of missing out on everything. But if you think about it now, I, I miss out on everything. I live almost an hour away. But I've done that to myself where I've got away from that. I think I have to do everything. I've distanced myself from everybody else to do better for myself too. 
Man, I think uh, <laughs> what you just said there about this should almost be two different podcasts. We should almost start where me and you start talking about ourselves. Um, man, I think that key thing you just said there is is distancing yourself. Because what you started doing, Justin, is you started putting yourself first. You said, hey, listen. And you started talking about I was going out celebrating. For what? Like, what, what, what were you celebrating? And you acknowledged that, that you weren't – there was nothing to celebrate. It was more of a numbness, right? I mean, if I'm making assumptions here, but – Yeah, no, exactly. That's all it was. I was, I was numbing the pain that I had every day, and there was no – I had nothing to celebrate. I wasn't celebrating a job, promotion, girlfriend, anything. I was, I was celebrating the fact that I was going out with my friends and they were going to buy me drinks. Yeah, it wasn't so much a celebration as it was a, a getaway from real life. Yeah, but I didn't even have a real life. I just had a no job doing Monday through Friday laying around. And when I knew my friends got paid on Friday, I was going out to drink because I knew that everybody wanted to be there. Because, like I said, I've always said this. I feel like I'm the glue that kind of keeps a lot of people together. Yeah, man, I totally agree. Uh I think the key thing, man, is is that for you, from the outside looking in, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that because you, all the people you went out with, you're still good friends with, for the most part. Yeah, for the most part. Yep, a hundred percent. Yeah. So I think that. Yeah, because you're you're one of them that would take me out and do stuff too. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, don't get. <laughs> No, everybody, you, from what you're... And, I, and what, I don't mean that in a bad way, because, like I said... What I'm going to say about Justin, because he, he's... What I'm going to say about Justin is that anytime I needed the motherfucker, he was there. Uh, my basement was redone, and Justin was there. Every My fence needed put up, Justin was there. The One of the only ones, besides my, my, my grandfather and my father. But, but so. uh, at the end of the day, if you sit back and think about those things like that that happened... The only reason I was there because I didn't work. But at the same time. I mean, I would do it now again, even though I do work. I'd make time, of course. Right, right, right. But but what I'm saying is is, is that, like, I don't want you to think of yourself as some, like, freeloafer or anything, man, because you. Oh, no, I definitely was. I, I, I have to think of myself like that because. See, that's what um, I think, man, because it look. So you talk about the people in your life became successful and you watched them become at least decently successful, like middle-class successful. And you were watching everybody become successful, but yet nobody that very, I'm going to go and say this, pretty much no one that became successful while you were around them distance himself from you or quit talking to you or ignored you and 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 speaking from my personal view now is is of course if you if we're going i'm gonna buy you drinks you, you dude you're gonna yeah you, you're having a hard time i grew up uh good and, and i lucked out in the position i'm in and you fucking anytime i call you come help me and shit like that and, and so i don't want you to think that yeah no i get that but i feel like it was a point where i was Oh, dude, there are times where I was and, – and and this is where I failed as a friend to you personally. I mean, 
because I I don't think I ever fucking told you. I mean, if I did, it might have been once, but I don't think I ever told you, like, hey, dude, you need to get your fucking shit together. Like, hey, you, you need to focus on you need to focus on you. Yeah, that was the one thing that I, I would say that changed because, like, I always put everybody else first, and then I don't know what it was. Well, one day, yeah, like you said, I just woke up and I put myself first. I, I thought about the things that I wanted in this life too, and I wanted to be successful, and I wanted, I I wanted to put the trim on my house, like I just said over the weekend. I wanted to put the trim on my house. I wanted to paint my house. I wanted to put the new doors on my house. I wanted to buy the new red lawnmower for my house. I didn't want to go with my buddy and watch him buy it. I wanted to do it for myself. Yeah, man, you gotta you you gotta put yourself first. And like I said, I think. I think the key thing here is is that I mean until until you sit back and have the realization that you understand what's going on with you and accept what's going on with you and accept that you have to make it what's going on with you, you're never going to be happy. You're going to be chasing a uh, like you said the fear of missing out. Your life's going to be. F- Feared by FOMO, and FOMO is not good for anything. And, and, and dude, I mean. I feel like the one thing you have to do in life to be successful, happy, and everything else, you can't judge what you have off of what other people have. Oh, no, it's a, it's a sin. I shall now that cover my na- uh, covet my name. You should be grateful for what other people do and what you do, too. Like, you should never look down on somebody for anything that what they're doing and things like that and that's the way I feel because like as I would consider a lot of the people that I hang out with not successful I wouldn't say any of us are successful because we're not millionaires we're not we're not half millionaires we're also you got to look at what you define as successful Um. okay so what I'm saying like in that sense right there like Looking from the outside in, there are a lot of people that would think you, especially you compared to me, (laughs) you and I, compared to what they have, they would consider us successful. Absolutely. And even, I mean, that's everybody I consider my friend group because I'm going to put it out there. Everybody in my friend group makes over 60 grand a year. Me, myself included. We all make over sixty thousand dollars a year. To a lot of people, that is. It's all people that love to do that. And that's why sometimes when I complain about my job, and I'm like, "Man, this sucks," and then I think about the jobs that I've worked, and I'm like, "Man, does it suck? Really?" Because Nightmare you know, my house, I have a brand new car, I have that company. This and that. That company we work for, that fucking. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I have, a, I have a good friend that is, he, he just bought his childhood home. He just put his house on the market, and, but he complains about his job. And I'm like, buddy, you make over a hundred grand a year. Like, you gotta think. Ten years ago, you were working at McDonald's flipping burgers. He didn't. You, you weren't complaining as much, man. You got too comfortable with your life. You can't. This is the, com- the comfortability. We always think that like. 
that's that's our nature though. We always want more, 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 more. People but like one day you gotta realize this is okay. It's not bad. So I, I mean I could be back sleeping on people's basement floors on an air mattress or sleeping at a buddy's house. But I, I'm living in a two hundred thousand dollar house. Sorry, not two hundred, the one ninety. Right, we live in the Midwest. If it was in California, it'd be a million dollars. So, I, I think people like you have an advantage, and it's because of what you just said. You made it to where you are now, and you had to do couch surfing to us to a certain stand to a certain sense right i mean you 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 know what the lowest of lows are and you made it through that so you know that 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 the lowest of lows aren't really i mean it wasn't the lowest of lows i'd say but i'm i mean you 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 had a rough uh compared to you know your friend group and i feel like that that people let me let me tell you this i this struck me yesterday i was telling michaela this my girlfriend so, you know this. When I moved to Montana, there was a certain individual there that I became really good friends with. Right. Great guy. Love him to death. I just joined a fantasy league with him. The only reason we're, I'm talking about this right now. We got to talking. And when I moved to Montana, I, I uh, decided I didn't want to live with my daughter's mother anymore, and I wanted to move out. And he was – his parents were – what – uh, where we're from, considered. Yeah. Man, I remember you moving to Montana. Yeah, and uh, so this guy, what, uh, what we consider here, we would consider him, uh, uh, we'd consider him loaded. And we, we were kind of talking. Sure, I'm trying to take a little pee pee break. I'll be right back. Yeah, so alrighty, he's back now. So what I was saying was, so yeah, I I moved to Montana and I met this gentleman. I won't say his name, but I remember moving there and uh, we got to know each other pretty well. 
he was what I would consider around here above middle class. He he was high class. Uh, his family was wealthy, especially from Montana, and uh, he had nice things. He had a uh, this was 2013. He had a, a Ford Raptor, uh, a 350Z, and a nice house. And I ended up moving in with him, staying there majority of the time. I lived in Montana. We've kind of fallen apart. I mean, we have we just don't talk like we didn't know more. But we we had got back into contact, and I joined this fantasy league, and I uh, was talking to him yesterday, and we we were kind of just talking. And he was driving this car when he was FaceTiming me. And I was like, I was like, hey, is that one of your cars? And he was like, yeah, 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 this is my car. And I was like, because I could tell it wasn't what he would drive. It had stickers on it and everything. I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, I was like, what's up with the other cars? He was like, he was like, what other cars? And I was like, what do you, I was like, what happened to your Raptor and stuff? He's like, oh, yeah, man. He's like, he's like, yeah, I guess it's been a long time since we talked. He's like, well, my dad ended up losing that good job. He's like, he's like, I lost my house that I lived in. He's like, I lost both my cars. He's like, I kind of had to do it on my own. He's like, plus I got pretty bad on drugs. And I was like, no way, man. He was like, hey, man, let me ask you a question. He's like, I remember when you lived here, blah, blah, blah. You didn't have too much. He's like, you don't mind. What do you make every two weeks? And I told him, and he was like, he's like, really? And I was like, yeah. He was like, he's like, you know, I make four eighty-five every two weeks after child support and all my taxes come out. He's like, I have six dollars every two weeks to deal with, and I got thirteen dollars a month every two weeks in a, a link card. He was like, see how our lives have changed. And I was like, because this dude was, he had a good man. He had a really really good and that's what he had said he said man i took advantage of it he's like i didn't i didn't go to the college that because he was going to a really nice college and he didn't take advantage of anything because he always grew up really rich and when i told him what i make every two weeks he was like man he's like you make in a week more than i make in a month and did you you gotta you gotta want it he didn't never want it because he always had it. Well, yeah. So, so that's what I was saying about people that that are in a, you know, start off in a disadvantaged situation is that you're hungry, right? I mean, you're 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 hungry for what you never had, um, and I think that that can be an advantage if you learn how to harness that. Like, like, like if you use it as an excuse, I never had anything. It's not advantage, but you if you harness that that hunger. Man, I'm telling you what. I mean, you look at some of the most powerful people in this country. They came from nothing. Um, oh man, it's life's fucking nuts, dude. I mean, one minute you got it all, and the next minute you don't got nothing. And and I think that's everybody's biggest fear is not having nothing. What What are you saying? Yeah, I, I definitely feel I, I definitely feel for the guy because like, but he's only 28, and I was like, man, you still have so much time to turn your life around, man. And and especially for us, I mean, under 30, time zone. I'd uh, imagine being, you know, the 55-year-old steel worker who still needs years to work to retire comfortably, trying to figure out what the fuck he's going to do. Man, what, what, uh, so I asked you earlier, you know, what 
tell your 11 year old self, I think what would, uh, what are like three, three keys do you think that through, through your life lessons so far that you'd give to, to somebody who, who's struggling right now, who, who, who might be not in your exact situation or, or. Yeah, no, I, I, no, I, I don't think there's three. I think the only thing that you can tell somebody that's ever struggling is don't give up. It's always going to get better. But the, at the end of the day, the only way it's ever going to get better is you make it better. Because you cannot wait on somebody to come around and make your life better. Damn. That's, that's the truth, man. You can't you can't wait around for that miracle to happen. Like You can't wait around for that money to fall into your hand or that house or that car or that job. You got to go out there and get it, man. You can't just fucking do that because if you're going to do that, then you're going to be 20, you're going to be 30, you're going to be 40. You're going to be 15, you're still waiting. And then you're going to be like, why did it never happen to me? You got to, you got to want it. And that's so cliche because you got to want it. You got to want it. You got to want it. it. Sounds so cliche because that's what other people that are really successful say. But it's so true because those people that become successful aren't just doing that because of nothing. That's like literally that Logan Paul guy. He just signed that contract to fight Floyd Mayweather. He's a normal-ass guy from Cleveland, Ohio, that picked up a video camera and decided to start making YouTube videos that makes over $20 million a year now. Just signed a contract. He's going to make like $70 million to fight Floyd Mayweather. Dude. That's what I'm saying. Like, he didn't – It's people think that, like, he got chosen to do that, though, but he didn't. No, you're he – did, he, he did that before YouTube was big. He, he came off Vine. You're, he did it when he was he did it when he was the biggest celebrity on Vine before everybody else came to YouTube. And guess what? He did the boxing thing before everybody else did it. Your past is irrelevant to your future. Exactly. I think that's so as, much, as, as much as I don't like those Paul guys and everything like that. There's no way I can sit here and tell you that they're dumb or that they're stupid. Because they're literally the best businessman, probably one of the best in the world. And and you know what? What's stopping everybody else from from doing something? I mean, I mean, you know, you know what I like about them now. I, I will say this because at the end of the day, this is such a true story. Any publicity is good publicity. Anytime their name gets said, guess what that does for them. Get they them. make more fucking money. Yep. People look them up and find out who, like that Jake Paul guy, his house got raided by the fence. Had nothing to do with him. Nothing. It would just happen to have his house where he had guns, in, which he it was illegal for him to have the guns, and it was all over TMZ and all over the news. He didn't do nothing wrong, man. It had nothing to do with that guy. And guess what happened? You're going to search Jake Paul, Jake Paul this, Jake Paul that. Because YouTube is by far the – I don't give a fuck. That, again, that Jake Paul guy, he was on a Disney Channel show and MTV. He said he made more off one YouTube video than he did off a month on being on TV. The revenue for YouTube is crazy. YouTube is by far the biggest platform to get your name out there.
I think it's like after you get 10,000 views, for every 1,000 views you get, it's like a dollar or something like that. Like, I think I think they were saying like, so those guys get like five to 10 million views. And every time that's like $50,000 a video. It's like David Dobrik. They get these major sponsors too. They're getting bigger sponsors than people fighting the fucking UFC. Oh, so to circle this back around here and end this uh, end this off. I mean, uh, we both both live different lives, and and uh, hell, everybody we know lived different lives, right? Everybody in the world lived a different life. Oh yeah, nobody lived the same life by any means. There's no. Big- to how you have to do this thing. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to recap to... Well, uh, how to... You, you know, you said something earlier, man, about, you know, you're in a hole and the hole just keeps getting deeper. Well, the thing is, man, is if you quit... Fu- if you fucking... <laughs> if you throw that shovel out, and start climbing rather than keep digging, eventually you'll be out of the hole. So uh, I want to recap this here by, by kind of, you know, I want to hit, I'm going to hit my, uh, the lowest point I felt. And then, uh, you know, if you want to do the same, you can, if you don't, if, if you're not feeling up to, you don't have to, but, you know, we'll go back to, you know, I, uh, Got out of the Air Force with my wife. Not out of the Air Force, but back home from my initial trainings and stuff. And met my initial wife, started my new job, making good money. And, and you know, I, I got complacent. And, you know, I was working a lot, a lot of hours. And I was missing that family time. And I was masking that by going and drinking. And, and my marriage wasn't great. And, you know, and I was always mad and depressed and pissed off and sad. And my, my little sister just passed away at, at, you know, a young age from a horrible disease called cerebral palsy. And, and you know, my m- mother was going, obviously, through through a difficult time. And, and all at the same time, I had uh, some young kids and, and I just, you know, I, I was in a hole. Uh, and I just kept digging and I was getting pizza on the way home and, and drinking blue moon every night. Cause that's what felt good to mask my pain. And I got, I got big and overweight and then I didn't know how to pass my PT test and, and I was depressed and I just didn't want to do nothing but sleep and, and everything else was everybody else's problem. Right. You know, <clears throat> none of it was my problem. It was, it was fuck the world, you know? And then one day, uh, one day, <laughs> I opened a motherfucking fortune cookie. And the fortune cookie said, take the next opportunity that arrives to you. So I was scrolling through my phone and there was a group that popped up that said, join here today. And it was an online men's group called the Fraternity of Excellence. And... The Fraternity of Excellence was a group of men who have been through hell, some of them, who are going through hell, some of them, who have, uh, 
you know, been there, done that, or who are currently in the midst of a crisis, who are some never had a crisis, but as a group of men, and and that's something that that I feel like is hard to find in today's society is a group of men who get together and talk about what it's like to be a dad, what it's like to go through a hard time in a marriage, what it's like to go through struggles. I mean, you know, our, our the generation older than us, they would get off work and go to the bar and meet up. And, and in today's world, we just don't really have that community of men who help other men get through struggles. And, uh, and so I joined that, that fraternity of excellence. And, and when I did, man, uh, I was talking to him and it's like, you know, you do this thing called 31 DTM by Hunter Drew. Um, and, and there it's, you know, just outlines this 31 days to masculinity and what it, what it means to be a man and what it means to be a man is to recognize your problems, own your problems and do something about your fucking problems. And then, and, and it makes you, it forces you to do that, uh, through going to the gym, get to the fucking gym, take care of your body, deal with the shit that you got to deal with. And, and once I did that, uh, do my life changed, man. Uh, my marriage is happy again. I now got three beautiful young kids and, and I feel like I'm the best that I've ever been to to these three kids and the best husband I've been yet. And I feel like the, the main thing I learned through that whole process is number one, take, take, don't be scared to invest in yourself and take opportunity in yourself. If, if there's something that, that presents itself as an opportunity to you, walk through that door, open that door and walk through it. Number two, there's people that it's, there is somebody, I don't care who you are or what you've been through. There is somebody that's been through the exact same thing, probably worse. Find them and reach out to them. Reach out to them. Because we're men. We're supposed to be leaders in our household. And, you know, for a lot of us, it's it's kind of hard to talk about our feelings, our problems, and what we're going through. And But somebody's been through there. Find some Find that person that's been through what you've been through. And reach out to them because they'll provide excellent advice. And take care of yourself. You know, there's a saying that uh, I love to emulate now, and it's, you know, <laughs> no one's ever changed the world without changing themselves first. No one has ever changed the world without changing themselves first. What that means is, is no matter how angry you are at, situations around you none of them will ever change if you don't change who you are as a person what you do as a person what you stand for as a person dig deep down find some principles find some meaning take care of yourself take care of your body take care of your mind your spirit you know i found god i love god and and if god's not for you find whatever you love be spiritually connected and, and just take care of yourself. And, and if you take care of yourself first, if you put yourself first, and it, that, what a horrible thing to say in today's world, right? But no, absolutely fucking not. Take care of yourself first. Focus on your problems. Fix your problems because if your problems are not fixed, you cannot even think about fixing somebody else's problems because you can't. You don't even know how to fix your own. How you know? Would you hire a plumber who don't know how to fucking fix a leak in his own house? No. You want a plumber that can fix any leak in the world. That's a plumber you want. You want the plumber that knows how to fix any leak. 
So be the plumber knows how to fix any leak. Fix the leak in your own house before you try to fix other people's leaks. And that's it, man. Just just take care of yourself first. Mind, body, and spirit. Take care of yourself. Fix your own problems. And then the world is yours to grab, man. It's uh, my two cents, man. I mean, and, and, and that's coming from the lowest spot I was in. I mean, I don't know what you want to add on, what you want to share, but I mean, you've already shared a lot, but yeah, nah, I'm, I'm pretty good, honestly. I gotta get off here pretty soon. I gotta work in the morning, stuff. So. Yeah, I'm working nights. Uh, so guys, uh, this will probably be split up in two. I don't know yet, but thanks for joining us for uh, at minimum episode two, possibly episode three, and we'll fucking see you next week. Peace, man. See you guys. <laughs>